y'all. Welcome to the Internal BuildWit podcast. Um, this is Alex Horton, podcast producer here at BuildWit. Um, today, I am joined by uh, Mr. James Jamra. I have a question, actually. Yeah, bring it on. Well, I mean, I have plenty of questions, but um, do you prefer Jamie? Because I've heard a couple people say that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing this up. Um, Here's your time. Open the floor, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we'll put it this way. Both are fine. If you're used to calling me James, keep doing it. I do not mind because that is my name. That being said, um, I'm, I am Jamie you to most Jamie. people. Okay. Um, but this is my own fault because I <laughs> put James on my resume. Sure. Um, I didn't really correct people very aggressively when I first started. Yeah. Right. Um, and so if you are used to calling me James, um, I, I am totally fine with that. There but you, you can call me Jamie too if you feel like switching it up or you if you know, want to be a friend, call yeah, him Jamie. Just, just please don't do JJ. I, I've always I've wondered. So like I've I've heard maybe Lori call you Jamie before, mm-hmm. and I will shoot. He hadn't specifically told that to me. Maybe I should. So now we know everybody. If you want to be a friend, you can call James Jamie because that's really he's a Jamie. Yeah, um, well, it's it's a story that goes back. Um, Three generations. Three generations. My grandfather, his name was Jamil Jamra. They had my dad, who was James Jamra, who became Jim because we eventually had two Jameses in the family. Sure. Um, and then they had me. So I'm James, and I'm another James Jamra. So if you think about it, it's jam, 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 jam. <laughs> And it stuck through three generations, man. And it might be up to me to keep it going, or I could just nix this before it gets too bad. Sure. Well, you you have that power. Well, you have you have you'd have some of that power. It's yeah. Well, I'm I'm painfully single, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, one thing I do. It's funny. I have. I can definitely relate on the name thing because I am uh, Robert Alexander Horton is my mm-hmm. name, and. The worst, the the first day of school always like sucked every single year because they're like, uh, you know, uh, Robert Horton, and I'd always raise my hand and be like, it's Alex, and nobody has ever called me Robert, like in in terms of like calling, you know. So that is a little bit different, but I feel like there's been plenty of times, like at the doctor or at you know the bank, where I'm like, who cares? Sure, no, Ro- no I'm Robert saying Bob or no, nope, no. A couple people are like, oh, can we call you Bobby? I'm like, no, because that's not even that's nowhere near my name. I'm not even Robert. Um, so all that's to say, I get the name thing. Um, well, Jamie, thanks for, uh, doing the internal podcast, man. Sure. Yeah. It's, um, been a couple misfires before I finally got in here. For sure. And that's because you guys got me so busy. So, you know, (laughs) it's your fault. You all have done this to him and to us. Okay. Um, (laughs) yeah, we, we, we certainly tried a couple times. I mean, it's, I think the, the way that, you know, this, this podcast goes best is in person. And, you know, I've certainly done a lot of them remote, but it's a pain. It's not as fun to do. Um, and I think it turns out better if we're in a room talking. So appreciate you being here. Um, so right now, while we're recording this, we have a full office of build with people, which is pretty sick. And every single person can do work in here, except for Jamie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of. Um, I've been coming in to pick up hard drives and stuff, and Daniel did bring his setup over. True. Thing is, is um, I my setup is 
my own that I've been building for some time. Yeah. And like, of course you can buy computers and bring them into the office. You can bring in the knickknacks. Um, my system is very personalized right now with very valuable plugins that I use all the time. And if I were to just take my project file, bring it to the BuildWit office as it stands right now, put it um, onto a computer, none of that would read. I wouldn't be able to do my work. video. Yeah. Um, because when I first came to Nashville, I was um, working with Alex Ferrari, as some people know. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm my own boss. I have to build this amazing setup. And I did. And I use it to this day. Um, and my workflow is great. Um, so yeah, I've been coming to the office sporadically basically to get footage and I will, presuming that we get this media manager that this elusive employee that has never existed, but just might soon enough, Mm -hmm. um, will definitely have to become more involved in getting the ball rolling, making sure that the future growth of this team, like the next like generation in quotes, um, it, it works with us enough to know to exactly what they need to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that makes sense. I, I think especially because you were the first um, dedicated video editor here at BuildWit. Obviously Angel was editing a lot of video and I think Chell did some probably early on too. Um, but you were the first person came in. Okay. Here's how this actually needs to go. And you kind of just took off and, and started running all that. And then obviously we brought Daniel on. Um, and then you know, now we have a, pretty nice sized video team that still were like, okay, need more, need more, need more, you know? And Absolutely. Just, I, that's mm-hmm. what's happening with our company and the way it's going, which is really exciting. But like you said, like that media manager is kind of the next step, right? You know, big time. Um, it, especially if we're going to keep bringing on more videographers that not only will make the editing process more difficult because we're dealing with twice, twice or three times as much footage. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine, over the time as this company grows and none of that footage is managed properly, like stored and like, and you know, the way we've been doing it has been kind of, kind of run and gun in more ways than one. Yeah. It, especially when it comes to media management, we've had to cut corners in order to keep up with our deadlines. And, you know, when you deliver a very nice product to a, um, a client and they love it, they have no clue that that media has not been managed at all. And like, you know, this could become a very big mess if we don't um, nip it in the bud. Like we aren't too far gone. Yeah. We've only grown so much. Um, but this, if we have to have the foresight to see the, that potential like catastrophes and the last thing we want is to start losing footage and m- mismanaging it. And not having someone well managing to, it at yeah. all. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah, like like you said, you you referenced. There's we're running and gunning in more more ways than one. In some ways, that probably really val- is really valuable to us. That some of our our video approach is that way. Um, you know, and that's certainly how like the getting media started for biz- You know, for our business, Aaron was out running around shooting photos of stuff that was cool, and then you know, Angel was running around shooting video of stuff that was cool. And even though there's still some of that, it's like, okay, well, but in terms of our organization, we need to be tight. Totally. Like think about Kate and what she does. Yeah. 
she manages our project. She's the project manager. Imagine how much chaotic this would be without her managing our <laughs> projects. We need that person for our media before this gets um, completely yeah. underwater and, for sure. and, and we're lost. Um, how much time do you think you, or let's, let's say percentage, a percentage of the work you do every week, how much is spent doing what like, um, or going, going through footage, basically saying this is trash, this is usable, this is trash, this is usable. A lot. Um, the way that we shoot is, um, high quantity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So when we, Daniel and I or Dallas get a shoot, we have to, we got a full deck. We have to sift through all of it. And actually one of the ways we could start to expedite our process a little bit um, be, beyond getting maybe like assistant editors to like kind of set up projects. Yeah. Um, but even then we could start being a little more deliberate about um, on the shoots about what we're going for. That way we're not like, okay, we have to shoot absolutely everything in sight um, just to cover all bases because we don't know exactly where this is going to go. Um, we can start to change that method. Yeah. And that way we could shoot less, probably do more shoots because we're shooting less with the confidence that what we got is telling the story that we the mean, client yeah. was going for. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I know that obviously you know, we're, we're going to be moving to this, changing our model in terms of, you know, how we sell projects. It's been sort of just like, you know, we send a bunch of people out there who they get a lot of content and then we need to deliver a certain amount of value to these clients. Like, I mean, that's just how the business has been. And so now, like you said, like if, if it's a little bit more specific, it's a little bit more planned out. It's like, well, we're going here to get this. That's like a little different and you know, the, that approach certainly changes. Um, but it is exciting to kind of hear that things are at least pointing that direction. I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has like things definitely, we're not going to get better or evolve or if, if we're just churning out the same thing and it becomes just an assembly line of videos that we can do in our sleep. That's yeah. the last thing any, anybody wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that's not what I see happening whatsoever. Like, I think everyone can see every week there's something else that we all watch and we're like, oh, damn, like, okay, I like what you did with this one. Like, Daniel did a very um, informal sort of video last week and it got rave reviews. It's like, oh, I actually kind of like that direction. Um, And then there's other times like with the NACO video where we shot all these interviews. They didn't want any interviews. They wanted it to be more like a commercial (laughs) And that had to be look more polished and more expensive and higher production value. Um, the fact that we can do all of those things with the limited resources and teammates that we've had up to this point um, speaks a lot to the team we have, yeah. but also it speaks a lot to what we could become. Where we could go. As yeah. we um, presumably get more resources and people and um, maybe get a bit bigger general sense as a group of what exactly we want to take this department and what, what direction we want to take the department. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for digging into that a little bit, man. Sure. Um, okay. So we'll go back a little bit, rewind it back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so Jamie, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Connecticut. 
Um, I am the oldest of three. I have two sisters. And um, I, w- I grew up on the shoreline, um, very kind of like bubbly, like it was a bubble. Um, it, oh, wait, have you seen the show Murder on Middle Beach? It's that HBO documentary. Yes. That is the town I grew okay. up in. I grew up in that town. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. Got it, got it, got it. So, That's the one where like the, it was the mom who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and when that the small so t- the, the town is so small that we know that family. Of course, oh everyone yeah. knows everyone's family. Mm-hmm. So that was my town. It was you know kind of prim and proper and a little elitist, and like you're supposed to be the best at every best football team, best everything. Um, I started getting into video editing and video production, then having no idea that that was a job. Like I knew directors and movies existed, yeah. but the last thing anyone thought was like, this would become like, I'd still be doing it today. I'd be using windows movie maker, which is, um, just the most Jurassic, terrible video editing software you can possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. My friends and I would go around making these stupid, goofy, uh, movies because my sense of humor is just outrageously goofy to this day. (laughs) And so thank you for the Vite video. Um, (laughs) that was right in my wheelhouse. Love it. If you want to make some Adult Swim stuff, just let me know. <laughs> we can get really weird. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, now I'm just, my, my wheels are turning. Yeah. Um, so you went to college for it. I did. Yep. So I applied to go to Emerson College, which is a liberal arts um, call, private college mm-hmm. where film production is actually the most prominent, prominent really? uh, major. Wow. Yeah, you don't hear that every day. And like the next one's like theater and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there's all these artsy people around. And of course, me and my f- friends end up being the bros, which is hilariously ironic. <laughs> no other college would we be the bros. Yeah. Um, studied film production there for four years. Nice. Um, you know, I got some student loans. Sure. Uh, but I mean, geez, if you went to Emerson today, it'd be even more. I couldn't <laughs> afford it. Where, where is Emerson? It's in Boston. It's in Boston. Yeah, okay. right on the Boston Common. Got it. And it started as an oratory school, like way back in the 1800s. So to this day, uh, if you're a freshman, you walk into class and they teach you public speaking and all the basics. And then you, sophomore year into senior, you get to do the stuff you came there to do. Got it. Okay. So if you guys got kids that want to become like journalists or they had a marketing major, theater, any per- sort of performing arts, film production, acting, they even have a major for to be a comedian. Um, <laughs> Highly recommend. Very cool. <laughs> you will be taking out student loans, but you will be. <laughs> yeah. Right on. So you finished up at Emerson. Um, did you immediately move to the West Coast? I did. Yeah. Um, and my parents basically kicked me out. You know, <laughs> like, their, their whole thing, you know, they're my dad's like from Ohio, like old school. And he was like three months after college, I was out of there. Yeah. And um, I had two choices. Um, those choices are different today, but back then this was like 2011. If you're, you're trying to be in film production or television, television, you got New York and you got Los Angeles. I hate New York. So, uh, three months after graduating, I went to Los Angeles and that's when shit got real. I mean, you're just diving into this huge black hole of all sorts of unfortunate um, realities. Mm -hmm. And when you have no experience, um, 
the first job I got was 10 bucks an hour, uh, working out of someone's garage down in long beach, which was a two hour commute. Um, so four hours, four hours on the road a day to work in someone's garage for 10 bucks an hour, Ugh. um, editing videos that they were hired to do. So you're just like their little elf that no one knows about doing the work that they're, that they're being paid for. You're a ghost editor. Exactly. <laughs> I lasted there about three months um, and then ended up working for Nick Cannon at his um, production company for free, even though I had already graduated. So that means um, this is illegal. Yeah. Like I'm not getting school credit for this. I I worked for him for eight months or to a year um, and doing us doing all his music videos and stuff. And that's where I learned how to do a bunch of music videos. Uh, I was telling Kate this like 10 minutes ago, but um, I was working for the, one of the richest guys ever for free. He's married to Mariah Carey. Won't pay me a dime. He likes one of the music videos I made for him so much that he said he'd give me $80. And he never did. So uh, Nick Cannon owes oh me gosh. 80 bucks. At least $80. Uh, exactly. Why not $100? That's, that's a great... I mean, it's a shitty story, but also a great story. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I, yeah. Worked, I worked with Nick Cannon. He uh, owes me eighty dollars. Exactly. He actually, never paid me to do anything. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, so I had been in LA like a year and a half at that point. Had made nothing. Things weren't looking good. Yeah. Um, and then I entered the reality show world by working out of another guy's garage for fifteen bucks an hour, and I stayed there an entire year. Wow. Creating sizzle reels, going around shooting, coming up with sizzle reel ideas, and again. All of the work I was doing was being delivered to ITV Studios America as if it was this guy's work, but it was mine. So that's when I really started to realize, okay, I'm, yes, I'm 20 years old, but these studios think a 40-year-old is doing this and they like it. So then I was like, okay, you know what? I should start shopping what I've been doing around for television shows. Yeah. And so a year after that, I had a huge portfolio, shopped it around, and boom, I got um, brought in to do a 10-hour docuseries on NBC Esquire channel called Horse Players. My first big break. Yeah. After years. <laughs> and I was running out of money. <laughs> yeah. So I lucked out. Nice. And from then on out, I've, I've been in reality show, shows and... Uh, ended up at CBS there for five years yeah. and like things got way more legit after that. You know, went from a garage to working at CBS and then you came onto a company that didn't have an office for the first year you worked here. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is my first uh, delving into marketing yeah. and I, I got to say, it's been great. Uh, you've, you've definitely spoken, I think a little bit about it before, just like that the like the stakes here, even though, you know, we're very serious about like the work and all that. It's like the vibes are very different than, you know, working out in LA, like for CBS or something like that. Yeah. It's night and day. Um, whereas you're kind of just like getting milked, you know, for your abilities in LA. And then when you're, when you're all dried up, they just throw you away because there's 10,000 people who want to do the same thing. Yeah. That will just do the job and probably for less. Yeah. That is not the culture that we've, that I have experienced out here. And Daniel's been, you know, when he hears me like talking about this, he's like, dude, you're in the South now. Like you, you can forget about that. <laughs> that's not, that's never going to happen. Like yeah. 
um, we're not just succubuses for, for greed and money and all that. Yeah. I like hearing that. That's cool. Um, so you said when you moved to Nashville, you worked with Alex Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. So funny to me still right now that you all know Alex Ferrari. (laughs) 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 I've known him forever, like 10 years. He would come out. Oh, you knew him out in LA too. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, Um, he would fly out, um, and you know, I would show him LA and stuff and you tell me about Nashville and, um, we never actually, uh, collaborated until I first came out here and this was right before COVID hit. So the music industry was still doing great. Sure. And that's one of the reasons I came out here at the time. I was like, Oh, I can, I can do music videos all day. And, um, Alex Ferrari had the work for me. He was like, Oh dude, we are dying for editors in Nashville. Like you got here like at a perfect time. And so I was doing uh, music videos, um, for, you know, Grammy winning artists, you know, because, Ferrari is close with like Marin Morris and um, Ryan Hurd and like other various yeah. local celebrities. And um, they would, they hire him or would hire him back when this was happening to go out on tour and travel the world and be their videographer. And you know, he doesn't want to edit that. So I was the editor. Yeah. And um, it was really working out. Um, and then COVID happened True. and the, I think, as we all know, the music industry just took a huge shit. <laughs> so, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, so uh, Alex was like, yeah, man, like no one's calling me right now. And um, that's when I realized it was time for me to get back out there and see if I can find something a little more legit. Mm-hmm. Buildwit was the first um, first place I tried. And I'm still here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, that was pretty good luck. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Dan hit me up and I had a um, one hour talk with Dan on Zoom and, and I guess he liked me. Next thing you know, you're editing a, editing a video for something. Yep. Yeah. We did a couple trial runs and um, it was really fast. Like before I knew it, Aaron called me and was just asking about me and what I'm looking for. And I, by the end of the phone call, I was in. So yeah. I love that. So did, who all did you talk to at BuildWit before you like started working? Uh, three people, Dan and then Chell called me and then Al, wait, no. And then Angel called me and then Aaron called me. Oh, nice. So it was fast. Yeah. I, th- I think they really need somebody needed as a uh, editor at that point. And I think Angel was just like, yeah, I get him. It was like, <laughs> no, they asked you two questions. Can you do it? Are you cool? And you're right. like, sure, sure. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you were doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right um, on. Yeah. I told Aaron, like, you know, because this is clearly a new industry for me, like so many industries need video. Um, and Aaron was just asking me like, what, are, what really are you looking for? And I was like, look, man, I, I just spent five years making content that I'm not passionate about. If I can just if this is a company that will provide me the opportunity to make quality content, like finally, that's what I'm looking for. Oh, and I'm also hoping to buy a house at some point. Yeah. <laughs> so, also, P.S. I would like yeah. to make enough money to buy a house one day. Yeah. Um, I guess that kind of goes into my next question. It, what about like the, the work you do here matters to you? Like, why is that different? Uh, the creative freedom... Um, and just the fact that everyone kind of lifts each other up here, um, 
that's a rarity, like where I come from, mm-hmm. where you're kind of, you're expected to follow the formula. They don't care that it's just robotic work. I don't feel like a robot here. I feel like when I sit down to a project, I have to look at it with completely fresh eyes and be like, okay, how do we get this one done? Because it is a completely different shoot than the last one. Yeah. That doesn't happen every day. I'd agree with that. I, and I, I think that there's something about Nashville that embodies that a little bit. Um, you know, I came from like an acting background. I went to school for musical theater. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and one thing that I just like really could not connect with was it's so competitive that even the people that you're like working with, like say you're in a show with somebody. Well, if even though you're like working towards this common goal, like putting on a good production, you know, whatever the person you're working with, you could be up for the same role for the next thing. And you, you're that competition, like it just kind of made me sick. And so in, in Nashville, I kind of really noticed that like in the music scene that there was, if somebody like, you know, books like a huge show or is like, you know, say they say they make it on to a, the voice or whatever, or, you know, they're, they're picked up a great tour where they're, you know, playing bass for whatever artist. You're not like, shit, that should have been me. Everybody's just like, that is rad. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And so now I feel like that's my expectation for everything. And so I have, I worked at a couple of agencies where it wasn't that like you're saying, like everybody wasn't lifting each other up that way. And so when I, when I came into build with it, that felt supernatural because everyone's like, we're all just trying to do like a great job. And if I can help you do a better job, awesome. And hopefully when the time comes, if, if you can help me do a better job, like really great. And so there is that kind of like give and take in all these teams where it's just like, we, I think genuinely want to like put good stuff out there. And if we can like work together on it and make it even better, like that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we pretty much have to, unless we want to stagnate. Yeah. And nobody wants that. No. And um, so much has happened in just one year. I, I've only been here, what, maybe a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, the company barely even resembles itself. And so with that sort of like parabolic change, mm-hmm. um, we're going to, I mean, like, who knows what's going to be going on in a year and a half. And so there's a lot of important decisions to make, I think, in that time. Where exactly do the investments need to go. And I'm just speaking for video. I know sure. there's like, Aaron's got like this problem times 12. Yeah. Um, but just for this department, that's where my, my head is at. Of course. Um, and we've got, we've got some ideas. Um, things are going to have to happen just because the sheer quantity of stuff that's going to be coming our way, we're going to get our heads underwater. It will happen unless we just have the foresight to avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, not not just avoid it, but like um, do it so well that like we could probably kick the can down the road until we have like 500 employees. Um, yeah, it's just like, so, well, we'll deal with it uh, the next time we grow up and grow, you know, our company, then we'll deal with it then. Yeah, we're having to do it now. Yeah. Over and over again, we're really approaching it that way. Yeah, a, a big um, learning experience and I wouldn't say obstacle because it's really not an obstacle. It's just us figuring it out is how we differentiate um, production and production and pre-production when it comes to the different types of video we do. Because I do kind of see us 
doing the same, having the same patterns for everything. But like, we all know, like an overview video isn't a documentary, isn't a whatever else is going to be a TV show. Yeah. I, I, and, and so we're so used to doing things like shooting it the same way, editing it the same way, uh, preparing or lack thereof preparing mm-hmm. the same way for everything that um, I, I think we need to break that cycle and start compart- car- p- you know, compartmentalizing. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, I hear what he's going for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah was, man. Well, like you said, I mean, yeah, Aaron is definitely dealing with that mm-hmm. 12, 12 other ways yeah. um, at least. Um, but I think what's like a, a great opportunity is, you know, especially like, you know, we're recording this right before um, our, our team meeting that we're having in, at the, the hotel the next two days. Um, and so obviously a lot of new information is going to come out through that. And um, probably some of the like questions that, you know, are still bubbling up in all of us, honestly, hopefully a lot of that gets answered mm-hmm. and it'll probably create a lot of other questions. Um, but I think what's like exciting is that because of this pretty significant shift that our businesses, I won't even say it's a shift. We've got, it's more of like an evolution. It's kind of the next step of our business. We have the opportunity to, like you said, kind of reset some of those processes and say, okay, we've been approaching it this way. We just can't do that anymore. So what's the correct way that makes more sense for us? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you're definitely, you and the video crew as a whole, you're definitely not the only people having those thoughts, having those feelings, having those meetings and conversations. So, uh, I mean, honestly, to me, there's something kind of encouraging about hearing other people talk about the same things I'm thinking about, you know, it's like, okay, we're, we're all on the same page that here's where we're going. Here's how we need to approach this because what we were doing maybe isn't necessarily sustainable long-term. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> At the very least, we have, <laughs> we have to grow the team to just keep up with what the demand is going to be. Yeah. That's just supply and demand. And but then there's also smarter ways for us to tackle pretty much everything we do. For sure. And, you know, like it, we're not growing our company so we can just do more of what we've been doing either. It's like if we want to reposition what we're doing, what we offer into the world, and then add brand new things that we can offer both at things that we can offer to customers, but also just like put out into the world, we can't approach it the same way. And so I, I think the the video team is like a great example. Um, I won't say guinea pig, but it's like a, a great way to see that those conversations are already happening, that it's like what we've been doing may or may, in some ways has worked super well. Obviously, like we make really great video, but it's like, does the way we do it necessarily serve us five years ago or five years from now. And parents probably know. So it's like, okay, how do we do it better? And I think everybody seems to be on the same page. And I would say at BuildWit in general that like, let's do this right. So we can, you know, keep building a, a great company that's making the dirt world a better place, you know? Agreed. Yeah. We've got the overview thing down to a science. Yeah. That's dialed like, in. Completely dialed in. And so the natural inclination is just keep doing what's working. And, um, we are going to be, as far as I understand, be delving into some more complicated things. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, we are going to have to forget a lot of what we've been doing. I know that sucks. But it's funny that you use the word forget because I think Dan has used that 
that word um, a lot too. You know, it's like we're, we're hiring experts and then saying, all right, I know that you're an expert in this chosen, you know, field, skills, whatever. I need you to forget a significant portion of it because we're, we're planning to do this in this industry. So we, we need you to be open to the new parts of that too. Um, so I, I think that's a, a, a great way to phrase it, that it's like, we need to forget the stuff that like doesn't work, that doesn't serve us so that we can like you know, be better. Yeah, exactly. If someone wants an overview, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Know how to do that. Um, I feel like that's probably it, man. Yeah. Um, thanks for thanks for just talking through all that, and um, I I do really appreciate you being open about the hard stuff, you know, with because like there are a lot of been been a lot of great things happening at this company um, since you've been here, since I've been here, and there's also hard things that happen, and so I think if you only talk about the good things and kind of try to keep the hard stuff quiet. That's probably not helpful to everyone. So I, I definitely appreciate and, um, and value the fact that you're like, yeah, here, here's what's, here's what the struggle is. And you know, we, I want to do this better and I think we can do this better. And here's how I think we can. So thanks for talking about that, man. Yeah, of course. No, thank you for being our podcast master, you know, podcast master. That's me. <laughs> um, well, thanks y'all for listening. Um, Jamie, thanks for hopping on the podcast with me. Um, now go home and, and finish the, the next video you have to do. Yep, we got a deadline. Yep. Uh, thanks y'all for listening. Have a great uh, rest of the day. Bye.